we are made to worship and we can worship nearly anything. So today we're going to be discussing, has fitness become your religion? Do your time, your resources, your energy, your mental focus, does it reflect that you are emphasizing your physical health and your exercise regimen above God? I've got four questions for you guys today to ask yourself and identify if fitness is becoming a religion to you. You guys, I know this might sound so crazy, but it is so easy to idolize and place things above God. So I'm going to share some scriptures and some encouragement for you to help focus your energy back where it belongs. Welcome to the Fit Feed by Read podcast, created for the woman of faith who wants to make lasting lifestyle change for her health. Learn to pray, worship, and seek the Word of God for answers that spiritually equip you to dodge the quick-fix trends of the diet and fitness industry. As we read in 1 Timothy 4.8, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a community of women that knows every day is a new opportunity to strengthen her temple and, most importantly, flourish in her love of Christ. We are moved by Him. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about something that might sound a little crazy. We're talking about, has fitness become your religion? Some of you guys might be like, what? Come on. No such thing. But essentially, this is the concept of idolatry or putting anything before God. Anything in our life, we can treat like a religion. And we'll be diving into four specific questions to ask yourself to identify if fitness is becoming a religion to you. If it's becoming something that you worship, it's becoming something that is constantly consuming of your time, your energy, your thoughts, your resources. We're going to dive into this topic today. So I want you to keep your heart open to this because I think this is something that, especially if you identify as a Christian, which I know many of you guys that tune into the show do, it's very easy to say, well, I'm a Christian. So no, of course, fitness is not my religion. But it's very easy when we get kind of prideful and think we're infallible. It's like, oh, no, I, I'm i a Christian. Like, there's no way that fitness could become a religion to me. Sometimes those are the moments where the devil takes the greatest advantage of. And he says, oh, you think you're all that you think you've got that figured out. Okay, let me sneak on in here. And I also, of course, want to share this because if you are someone who doesn't have a specific faith, maybe you don't identify as a Christian and you would say you're agnostic and you just are like, I don't, you know, maybe don't have a specific religion, but I think there's a higher power out there. I think it's even easier if you're in that position sometimes to to have various things in your life become what you worship. And fitness is one of those things that can very easily creep into our lives and become very all-consuming. Now, for some people, this is not this is not the case, right? There are some individuals who are like, oh, man, I really have to work hard to even get myself to show up to the gym. But no different than for anyone, there are certain things that we have uh, temptation toward and things that we don't have temptation toward. So just keep your heart and your mind and your ears open to this conversation. The reason that I'm even having this conversation with you guys, I was prompted by this idea because I went and took a fitness class. I've been doing uh, using ClassPass recently and I've really been enjoying it completely unsponsored. If you're in a place where you're like trying to kind of figure out a new fitness routine or you just want some variety, try ClassPass. It's a blast and you can take tons of really great classes for a much better price than just paying drop-in rates if you were to just go to those studios and take classes or buy class packs. 
Anyway, so I've been taking a bunch of different classes and I'm not going to call any specific fitness studios here. That's not my goal or my aim. But I went and took a class the other day that felt very immersive and it felt almost like a worship experience. Like I had this moment in the middle of class. It was a cycling class. I will share that with you. And it was a cycling class. And I, in the middle of the workout was like, wow, this feels weirdly similar to church worship. Like the lights were dark. There was, you know, they had obviously intentional lighting for different songs and different moods and different intensities. And the beat was heavy. The music was loud. The instructor, who was really good, by the way, was, you know, shouting sort of like preachy things at us to push us harder. And it felt like some sort of worship experience. And I remember I had this moment in class, I was like, huh, have I ever, like, have I, actually, correction, I know that I've had seasons in my life before where I've kind of worshipped fitness. Like, fitness has become almost like some sort of religion to me. It's almost like you, you crave more of that feeling. You crave, like, the almost like high that you get from the exercise, you crave that experience, you, you it's like you desire it no different than we should be desiring God. So anyway, I walked out of the studio and I kind of just, my thoughts started running a little bit and I was like, huh, I should turn on the microphone at some point and do an episode on this. So here we are doing an episode on it. Uh, I just wrapped up the I Changed My Mind series. I had a ton of, well, at least in my personal opinion, interesting episodes (laughs) in that series. We're going to be heading into some kind of one-off episodes here for the coming weeks. So on that note, if you have any specific listener questions, you guys never be afraid to reach out. I love hearing from you guys, whether it's on Instagram, it's Facebook. You can always email me, read at fitfeedbyre.com. I love getting your questions, so know that that is always uh, something that you can do to reach out. But let's start with some prayer, and then we will jump into four questions to ask yourself to identify if fitness is becoming a religion to you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessing of this time, Lord, to just be connected with my listeners, to share your scriptures to share time in seeking relationship with you, Lord. May we always be encouraged that growing in relationship with you will grow us in knowing and gaining the wisdom and discernment that we need to navigate this world, to navigate things like fitness and exercise and health, things that can be very good for us. And we see that, Lord, but we also know that those things can become idols. So work in our hearts to break any of the idols, break any of the idolatrous relationships that we have. Encourage anyone listening here today, Lord, that maybe is struggling with this in the realm of fitness and keep us from temptation. Guard our hearts in moments when things start to creep in more and more and more in ways that separate us from you, Lord. May we know that our relationship with you is the most important relationship of all. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends. So these four questions. Question number one. Let's jump on in. Does it feel like worship? Ask yourself this question in regards to any sort of fitness regimen that you are in or classes that you are taking. Does it feel like worship? And I want to throw out there, there is a difference between the feeling of, hey, I'm having a really good time. You know, there's some good music playing in the room. And it feeling like this sort of like immersive, emotional, worshipful experience. Those, if you've had that experience, you know that they feel different. There's an emotional component to something feeling like worship. It feels compelling. It feels all-consuming. And I know I very well actually want to encourage you guys in this, and I will do an episode this 
episode on this at some point, but that concept of you you can bring Jesus into your workouts and turn your workouts into a form of worship to him as well. That is very well something that you can do. But I want you to be aware of settings where maybe you don't intentionally do that and then it feels like worship and you're like, well, what am I worshiping here, <laughs> right? We are made to worship. You've probably heard this in a sermon before at some point, but it's worth reminding, it's worth discussing. We are made to worship and if it isn't God, our natural inclination is to find something else. So no matter who someone is, no matter their faith background, no matter what they identify as their faith, I can guarantee you that even if they don't say, oh, I'm Christian, I'm Buddhist, I'm Muslim, I'm atheist, I'm whatever, even if someone doesn't say I'm this or that or I worship in some certain way, I guarantee you they worship something. It's money, it's materialism, they might worship their body, they might worship themselves, they might worship success and accolades, they might worship their family, they might worship relationships. You guys, there's a million different things that we can put worship toward. And it's key to remind ourselves that we are made to worship. And so if we aren't intentional with directing our worship to where we want to, obviously as a Christian, that would be toward God. There are other things that will creep in. So we need to keep our eyes open to that and our our minds knowledgeable on that to guard our hearts. Exodus 32, the golden calf, you guys. Let's talk about this really quick. This is such a powerful example to me. I've just spent so much time in the Old Testament recently. So I know I used this example probably like, I don't know, six episodes ago, but maybe you didn't listen to that one. So we're going to dive into this. You guys, the golden calf. So in Exodus 32, this is when the Israelites were, um, had been taken out of Egypt, led by Moses. And the Israelites are kind of fed up with Moses at this point. So they turn to Aaron, who actually happens to be Moses's brother, and they seek his guidance. And he instructs them. He says, hey, you guys, take off all your golden jewelry. I'm going to melt it down. And he creates a golden calf that they then all worship, which sounds so crazy because we're like, what? You worshiped a statue of a golden calf? How silly. But it's not any different when we worship anything else in our lives. That's not God. It's easy to look at someone else and point at them and say, what? You worship that? That's that's weird. But our lives are no different. It's so easy for us to judge something else and then not to evaluate our own lives. So keep that in mind as you're as I'm reading through. This is Exodus 32, 21 through 24. Then Moses said to Aaron, Why did this people what did this people do to you that they have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself. They are prone to evil. For they said to me, Make a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. So I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them tear it off. Then they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. And he says that almost kind of in this like jest of like, yeah, I threw the gold in the fire, and out came a calf. So we worship the calf. Like, how casual. (laughs) And it's crazy to think that these are the people that have seen so many miraculous workings of God time and time and time again. He parted the Red Sea for them. He freed them from slavery in Egypt. He fed them in the wilderness with manna. Like food literally just appeared on the ground because they were hungry and needed food. And in their frustration, they turn away from God and they find a replacement. They find something else to worship. They don't just turn away from God and not worship. They find something else to worship. 
And we serve a jealous God, you guys. He doesn't want us worshiping other gods or idolizing other things. That is so clearly laid out in the Ten Commandments. Those are two of the Ten Commandments. Not to worship other gods and to not put, you know, to not idolize anything before God. And you guys, he's appropriately jealous because he created us and all good things that bless us. We can't even wrap our minds around the feeling of looking down and saying, hey, I've created all of this, the earth and everything in it. And, and, and then now look at those little minions down there. Hi. Uh, you know, worshiping other silly things that have no importance, no value beyond their, their, their worldly lifetime, right? There's no eternal value to these other things that we might worship. For example, fitness. And this, this concept of worshiping is something that is so beautifully depicted all throughout scripture. There's a number of Psalms that talk about praise and worship, but I want to read to you specifically a description of worship in Revelation. This is a description of worshiping God in the throne room. This is chapter four, verses nine through 11. It reads, and when the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and they will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and our God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and because of your will, they existed and were created. That last bit there is so good. Worthy of you, our Lord and our God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. God created all things. He created them for his glory, for his honor, and for his power. And so we are called to recognize that and praise and worship him in return. So the key thing on this one, once again, to just circle back to what the actual question was, asking yourself, does it feel like worship? Be careful of workouts that do feel like worship. Start to start to walk into workouts and just put on your your you know cap of discernment, <laughs> if that's a thing. Uh, not your thinking cap, your cap of discernment. Go in there with with intentionality to say, hey, I'm going to make sure that I am aware of what's happening around me. Does this feel like worship? And if it does, find ways to adjust your routine. These, this is a way of guarding your heart, my friends. Because for from your heart flows life. We know this. Proverbs 4.23 tells us this. We're, we need to be intentional with how we worship because it has to do with guarding our heart. I did a whole entire episode in the I Changed My Mind episode, in the I Changed My Mind series specifically on yoga and my own uh, convictions that I had around yoga a couple of years ago and the changes that I've made since then. So if you were interested in checking out that episode, definitely check that out. I mean, that's a really good and strong example of yoga specifically is a Hindu practice intended as a form of worship. Um, so, you know, that's something to just keep in mind in terms of yoga. But if there's other classes that you're taking that maybe don't have any sort of, you know, faith-based background, right? A psycho class, for example, just be discerning. And open yourself up to being discerning and saying, hey, if something needs to change, I'm willing to change it. Question number two, is fitness replacing your time with God? Are your morning workouts constantly overtaking morning quiet time? And then are you not in turn finding other time to spend with Jesus throughout the day, whether it's at lunch or before bed? Do you find that you're constantly shifting your schedule to fit in fitness, but you're not shifting your schedule to fit in God? 
I did an episode called How to Keep God at the Center of Your Wellness Journey, Not Your Body. So if you are, if this is speaking to you, I would definitely check out that episode. I will link it in the show notes. But I talk about that concept of how you can steward your resources for the Lord, your time, your talent, and your treasure. Because these are the things that we have to give toward others, to give towards God, to give towards or to pour into ourselves, right? Uh, You know, I think it's worth calling out that it's so easy to fall into this trap. I fall into this trap all the time where it's like, oh, I've got a, especially now with a tiny baby, oh, I've got a free moment. I'm going to fit in a workout or a walk or I'm going to do something active. And it's like, hey, Reed, maybe you need to spend that time in the word. Like maybe you need to just lay down and pray. Maybe you need to use that to be with God rather than constantly trying to like sneak in a little bit of movement here or there. Not that exercise is bad, you guys, of course not. But if it's coming at the expense of a relationship with God, then then there's an imbalance there. Even as I typed this podcast outline, I made this note. I was, you know, pulling scriptures. I was praying about this podcast, what I wanted to sh- say and share. My baby was sleeping and I was thinking, oh man, you know, this would be a really good time to fit in a workout. Like maybe I should just do that workout really quick right now. I could do it in like 30, 45 minutes. It doesn't need to be too long. I was like, no. Read. You're already sitting down. You're already typing. You're already in your in your Bible. You're already prayed up. You're already ready to go to prep this podcast episode in in partnership with God. So why would you try to interrupt that to go work out? But I share that because if this feels convicting, it's so easy for this to happen to us, you guys, time and time again. And we just need to keep interrupting that thought. If idolization of physical body and fitness is something that you've struggled with in the past, this temptation might still exist, but we can always arrest a poor pattern with Christ. We always can. Because our flesh is weak. The world is full of temptations, but we have the spirit. We've got the Holy Spirit and we can therefore resist things that are trying to compete with our relationship with God. Romans 8, 5 through 8 tells us this. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are in accord with the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. As a Christian, our, our goal, we know that we've got salvation. We don't need to work for our salvation. We know that it's a beautiful, kind, and loving, and gracious gift of Jesus Christ to receive salvation and eternal life in heaven. But we also know that when we receive that love, we want to return that love, and we want to please God. We don't have to live in some works-based faith. That's, that's actually the antithesis of what Christianity is. It is not works-based. It is completely grace-based, But we want to please God once we have a full understanding of how precious and beautiful that grace and that kindness and that salvation is, that gift of eternal life. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 reads this, But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit and the Spirit is against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. So we read in both of these scriptures this concept of the flesh versus the Spirit. As a Christian, we've received the Holy Spirit. We know that we have the Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. But our flesh sometimes competes, right? Our flesh is tempted by things. Our flesh is tempted to do things that are not in alignment with the Spirit. But we know that we have the Holy Spirit and that we need not 
fall victim to what our flesh is pulling us toward. The third question to ask yourself to understand if fitness is becoming a religion to you, are the results of your regimen always on your mind? This is a big one, you guys, because where our mental energy goes, that affects the way that we show up for others. It affects the way that we show up in the world. I talk a lot about this concept of are you using your body for worship or are you worshiping your body? And I did an episode on this that I will link in the show notes called Reframing Exercise. Don't worship your body, but use your body for worship. Because it's so easy when we're in this headspace where we're worshiping our body or we're essentially treating fitness like a religion, our reflect our thoughts reflect that. We're constantly thinking about you know, how we're changing our body, what we're working on, our next meal, our next workout, we're poking, we're pinching, we're staring every time we're in the mirror, like we're constantly thinking about our physical body. And this takes away from how you can serve others. It's really hard to admit you guys, but it's actually selfish to constantly be fixated on yourself. And I know that there's a healthy balance here of we need to be able to take care of ourselves enough that we can show up for others. 100%. I work in health and coaching. That's exactly what I do with clients, right? We need to be able to show up for ourselves enough that we can show up for others. But if we only show up for ourselves at the expense of being available for others and serving God, it's selfish. And it's interesting. I actually referenced Galatians 5 in the last point. But Paul actually warns us in verse 20, so just a bit further down from where I referenced in Galatians 5 earlier, that quote-unquote selfish ambition, he says, is a quote-unquote deed of the flesh. So assess and analyze, is the way that I'm approaching fitness in my body, is it a selfish ambition? Is it happening at the expense of me serving God and serving others? We live in a world where self-care is really glorified, especially in this current moment. And it's, it's glorified in a way that I think that it can sometimes come at the expense of us being able to serve God and serve others. Not always, but oftentimes. And so we need to be careful of making sure that, yes, we are taking care of ourselves. We're taking care of our health. We're taking care, most importantly, of our emotional relationship with God, right? And everything else flows from that. So yes, we need to create time for ourselves to work out, to eat well, to take care of ourselves. Of course, you guys, if you completely put that on the back burner, you'll reach a point where you realize that it slides so far that you're then doing so much for others, you aren't showing up for yourself, and it turns into this like crash and burn moment, right? We don't want that. We also need to glorify this concept of self-care. We can find a balanced place to serve God and serve others while also taking care of our own health and our own bodies. The fourth question to ask yourself is, what does your calendar reveal? This is a really clear depiction of your priorities. Our calendars reveal tons of things about our priorities. And maybe maybe you do this exercise where you take some time to assess your calendar and look at where you're putting your time. You might realize maybe you're not worshiping fitness, but maybe you're worshiping a certain hobby or you're worshiping socializing or success and accolades through your career, or maybe you're kind of worshiping family, or whatever it may be. And you guys, individually, none of these things are bad. Recognize that. It only becomes bad when we put these things before God. So tally up how many hours in your week you're spending on things that affect your physical fitness compared to how many hours you're spending with God. This, you guys, for me personally, this is always convicting. If I really pause and look at this, it 
it's always a convicting thing for me. And it reminds me, it's something I try to do on a fairly regular basis to just pause and even think about it, to just tally up, okay, how many hours this week did I work out? And then how many hours have I spent with God? Seriously, in prayer, in the word, maybe even just doing things like watching sermons or reading books about uh, about growing with God. Sometimes it can be challenging when you really pause to assess these things. But think about this. If you want to grow in relationship with God, you have to spend time. It's no different than growing in a relationship with a, a spouse, with a friend, with a child. Like Growing in relationships requires time and energy. So what habits do you need to put into place to spend more time with God? To be more intentional in your relationship with the Lord. For we know that if that's what we want to prioritize, we don't want fitness to become a religion. We want, we, we truly want our Christian faith to be the most important thing. Our calendar should reflect that. So let's recap. The four questions, my friends, to ask yourself to identify if fitness is becoming a religion to you. Number one, does it feel like worship? Number two, is fitness replacing your time with God? Number three, are the results of your regimen always on your mind? And number four, what does your calendar reveal? The key takeaway, my friends, here is this. I want you to take a moment to be aware of your tendencies this week. So take these questions into your week ahead and start to just assess and analyze. Notice when you go into different workouts or fitness classes, does this feel like worship? Just start to assess. Be open to the idea of change and say, hey, you know what? I want to assess and analyze. Does this feel like worship? If it doesn't, great. Keep doing it. Assess. Is fitness replacing your time with God? Do you find, hey, I've got a rocking fitness routine right now, but my my time with God, eh, it's kind of waxing and waning a little bit. Maybe we need to make some adjustments. And assess how frequently, try to interrupt your thoughts if you constantly find yourself thinking about the results of your regimen how your body appears, the things that are centered on your physical being, what if you replace some of those thoughts with prayer or with thoughts of God, reflecting on scriptures you're memorizing, whatever it may be. Consider your calendar, go through that exercise, do that time assessment, and notice where you need to start making small shifts. Maybe it looks like trading one morning workout class for some quiet time with God. Maybe it's bringing discernment into your workout regimen, thinking about the types of classes you're going to, or what sort of music you're listening to. Start to take an observational and discerning approach to what you are doing throughout your week, this upcoming week, to assess and start to recognize, is fitness starting to creep its way up to compete with God? Is it? Ask yourself that question. And be okay with the idea of making changes. Be okay with the idea of realizing, ooh, Maybe you're not going to feel like you measure up as much as you would say off the cuff without assessing and analyzing. That's okay. You guys, we all have room for growth. That's why we're here chatting about these sorts of things, myself included. So I hope that this is helpful for you. I hope that this encourages you as you head into your week, my friends. And as you guys know, you can always reach out to me. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, reach out with listener questions. If you have them, I would love to hear from you guys. We'll chat soon. Thank you for tuning into the Fit Feed by Read podcast. May you keep your eyes fixed on the Lord in the coming days and be refreshed by his promises. If this episode had a positive impact on you, I would be honored to have you share it with someone you know could also benefit from it. Blessings to you. 